Welcome, book lovers and bibliophiles. Join us now for a journey through the secret short box. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Cover B. Welcome back to Cover B. We are here with another secret short box. Ooh. You might be asking yourself, the heck? <laughs> it's been a hot minute. Secret Short Box is a little segment we like to do where we imagine if famous authors had a secret short box at the writing desk, uh, what comics would be in there. You know, you don't often associate literature and comics in the same sort of, per well, I mean, we do. People do, but a lot of people don't. It's true. Literary, like literature and comics in the same bubble. We disagree. And so that's kind of why we go about this angle. And it's also a neat little tool if you're a fan of these authors to be able to find books that might be in similar tone and themes. Exactly. It's one of those things where if you read this, you may also like this. We're like old school Amazon right now. Correct. <laughs> Today we are doing Mr. Animal 84 in Paris himself. <laughs> that was smooth. <laughs> George Orwell. Mr. Orwell. Mr. Big Brother's watching. And he's probably also a pig or something. I don't know. <laughs> we are doing that. As yes. always, I have overthought this and broke <laughs> everything down into common themes like some sort of snooty literature critic a-hole as I tend to be. I want to just clarify that he was the lit major, I was the writing major. So if it's pretentious, you can blame him. <laughs> Correct. So... I like to take a look at the themes that authors tend to work into their works and then base my kind of suggestions around that. Um, the first one that really kicked off, I feel like a lot of times when we do this, we end up with a lot of indie books and then we might get some mainstream like superhero stuff uh, just to be funny. Yeah. You know like what I mean? Like I think we were like Jane Austen would read Red Sonia because why not? And stuff like that. <laughs> Um, but Orwell's an interesting one because I feel like a lot of his themes do play into typical superhero topics. And one of the main ones is a lot of his works is a reflection on tyranny and anti-tyranny and anti-dictatorship uh, and stuff like that. Um, and there's a lot of that in comics and just to name a few Obviously, the Age of Apocalypse stuff mm -hmm. and most things pertaining to Apocalypse as a character probably interest him because that's a type of villain that he was very much charged against. Recent books from DC play a lot into uh, his themes of a more tyrannical or police state type of government. Um, Batman Fear State is all about Scarecrow working behind the scenes to kind of turn Gotham into this police state. Um, and then Far Sector is a Green Lantern title that features a society that, where emotions are, uh, frowned upon, yeah. which is weird because that's an emotional way of, they're, they're, they're basically banned. You, everyone in society takes a drug 
to neutralize their emotions and make them kind of like bland so that hmm. they have no emotions, which feels directly out of 1984. Yeah, it does. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's cool that there are some superhero books that pertain more to uh, kind of his overarching themes. His relevant themes. Uh, yeah. I'm going to be mentioning the X books later as I look at another one of his themes, but the current X books too uh, really play into some of his stuff. Um, moving into things a bit more specific, obviously, he does deal in a lot of political commentary. Yep. There's a lot of that in indie books, just to point out a couple of my favorites. Uh, Seven to Eternity, which also kind of plays into the tyranny aspect, as well as themes of like mind control and uh, emotional suppression and things like that. Uh, also, Little Bird. Which was Ugh. a recent book, recent many from a few years back. Such a good title. Recent from a few years back. Um, that deals with, you know, a society and a government that's very much connected to a church. Very tyrannical, very oppressive and suppressive. Uh, and just a cool book overall. Yeah, another book that fits into the political commentary would be, in my opinion, Department of Truth. Which, mm -hmm. to me, I like because it fits kind of in this, like realm of conspiracy theory that you kind of get with a 19 and 1985 like it reads like so um so unhinged like it's so far but it's not mm -hmm. and that's how department of truth reads like it's so ridiculous but also kind of not like you could almost see yeah. it and i think that those parallels are really strong well and it you know that one too plays into and it is a good segue into like the next theme that I wanted to talk about because a lot of, in addition to this idea of oppressive societies trying to keep people down, uh, Orwell spends a lot of time at looking at how these governments and agencies would do that. Mm -hmm. And he focuses very strongly on technology and kind of through technology, the misinformation. Right. Which is relatable. Um, <laughs> This idea of, you know, a society would have, you know, state-run news and state-run alerts. And, you know, in, in 1984, they have the, like, television screens in their homes right. that feed them this information. There's loudspeakers everywhere feeding them this information. Um, you know, Animal Farm, it's entirely through the pig that the animals are kind of directed in these different ways. And he's feeding them misinformation. Where'd the horse go? Here's where he went and stuff like that. Um, so this idea of misinformation and kind of the dangers of technology when it comes to control and department of truth really falls into that because the whole point of the department of truth is to decide what is information. Yeah. What is real? And this is where I bring in the X books because especially with recent developments as it's transitioned kind of out of Hickman's hands into other people's hands mm -hmm. through the Inferno series and stuff, we're starting to discover that this whole Krakoan idea, this whole Krakoan nation thing is entirely Magneto and professor X just doing what they feel like. And not really including everybody as much as they said. Yeah. There's a lot of behind the scenes activity. You know, Moira being kind of hidden from everybody and then starting to come out a little bit. And then a bunch of like machinations falling into play. Uh, and I think that would really appeal uh, to Orwell because of this idea that, you know, even these super people, even this paradise is kind of just a facade. So it's it's 
it's that old saying of like the best prison is one where you convince the prisoner he's not in a prison or something like that you know right. what i mean like yeah it's like, all manipulation whether it seems like amazing or not like yeah, to yeah. some to some level whoever's in charge is still manipulating the scenario exactly so it's viewed as this like beautiful paradise and stuff but there's all these machinations in the background that you know aren't being served forward and then just to mention a couple of others that really play into the idea of technology and misinformation leading to control is uh you are obsolete and uh which is a recent aftershock title that i think went like 12 issues or something uh about a town where the children were effectively hypnotizing adults into and eradicating adults once they became of a certain age to just take control of the town uh, and then Lazarus. Lazarus is a long-running book that's gone to a quarterly format recently, but is about the world being divvied up after a series of wars uh, and basically being controlled by different companies, corporations. So pharmaceutical companies and medical companies and things like that now run the world. Uh, and there's caste systems and like there's serfs and there's working serfs and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and it's all just, you know, you, you see throughout the book them, it's shown from the company's perspective. It's not shown from people kind of living underneath the company except for brief moments. So you see, you know, bad things happen or negative things happen to the companies and to the families, as they're called. And then you see them try to spin it to the greater populace of like, here's what happened with my brother and things like that. And that leads perfectly into another theme of Orwell's, which is classism and more realistic approaches and viewpoints of capitalism and both the negatives and positives that come along with it. And so a couple books that I wanted to shout out that kind of touch on those, one being Black Friday, which was um, a kind of short spanning book that took place in like a large uh, department Walmart type store. Um, and focused on basically it's Black Friday. It's the day after Thanksgiving and a giant hole to hell opens up in the middle <laughs> of the store <laughs> and it's the chaos that ensues. And there's, there's an apt metaphor there about the dangers of capitalism and the, yeah. the, you know, narcissistic behavior. So of it's trying just a to normal Black Friday. Want. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, if you've ever worked retail on a Black Friday, it feels like there's a pit to hell, whether there is mm. one or not. Um, another one that I wanted to shout out that kind of plays with capitalism and, and classism is Eat the Rich, which is an ongoing title that um, is, it, it's a, well, it's a mini. Um, is it done yet? It's done. Yeah. Is it done? Okay. Yeah. And it is basically focused on the relationship between these wealthy people and the people they employ and how there's like a, there's a pact between them that once, you know, we'll do these things to take care of you in a circumstance where you can't take care of yourself. But at the end, you're basically sacrificing yourself to get eaten. And it's dark and weird. And it's like, you see both sides and it's unpleasant. <laughs> everyone involved because it's wrong for everyone involved even though there's apt consent it's wrong and that's kind of like the biggest 
glaring red flag of capitalism is that people might be giving consent, but that doesn't make that it's right. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that one would very much tickle Orwell's Orwell's fancy. Yeah. And then just outside of, uh, you know, these more thematic ones, these more, I mean, there's plenty to choose from beyond the ones that like, there's plenty of books about tyranny and government control and the dangers of technologies. These are just ones that we particularly pointed out. Uh, outside of these themes, though, um, just, you know, Orwell himself had moments of literary criticism. I think he did some literary critical writing. I don't remember 100%. But so I wanted to just pull out some kind of literary darlings that he might like, some things that are a bit more. I don't want to say high art, but that are of a quality that I think he would enjoy, or at least of a theme and uh, style that I think he would enjoy. Uh, either Haha ha or Ice Cream Man, I kind of include them together, but they're very different. Haha uh, ha was shorter run, but shorter run than Ice Cream Man is. Ice Cream Man's still going on, but horror anthology series that are really well written and do some really creative things in the format. Uh, Ice Cream Man has done some really interesting things playing with how comics can be presented. Uh, and so they're just delightful. And then just heavy metal. Heavy metal has some high quality stories in it. High quality art fits kind of like a dark sci-fi theme. A lot of times that I think Orwell would be into. Uh, so I think, yeah, I think you'd get down on those. And we would be remiss if we didn't say that we thought these very, uh, well-written, uh, Full, full breadth authors wouldn't have a book of their own in their own short box. So I definitely think Orwell would probably have Animal Castle, the recent comic adaptation of Animal Farm, mm -hmm. as one of the books in his short box. Because who doesn't like to see a different iteration of something that you Yeah, kind of a yourself. different spin on yeah. one of your stories. Yeah, it's beautiful it. and upsetting. <laughs> very very upsetting to see visually that's one of the things that was always nice about animal farm is that it was written so while you could see it in your head you didn't see it with your eyes but now animal <laughs> castle you see it with your eyes and it makes me sad mm -hmm. <laughs> fair enough so that's our speculation of what sort of comics George Orwell would be into if he had a secret short box at his writing table yes. at the time that he was writing all of his wonderful, wonderful classics. Uh, what do you think? Hit us up yeah. on social media. Let us know. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Cover B Podcast. Yep. You can also find old episodes of ours at CoverBPodcast.com. Including other secret short boxes. Indeed. So that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for listening. I hope everybody has a good week. Yes. I hope you have a productive week and it's nice and fun and good and not too stressful. Uh, that's what I'm hoping for personally. <laughs> uh, and again, as always, I have been Chris. This has been T. Yep. And you have been listening to Cover, Cover Me. Me. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.